Hey, this is Pastor Rob Miller from Reclamation Church. Just want to say thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray that this message is completely life-giving and life-changing and that you take the blessing of the Word of God with you everywhere you go this week and pour into somebody else around you. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. We want to share our heart with you of what God's laid on our heart and what we've learned over the yeah. years from others and um, resources. So, yeah. uh, don't think we have it all together. We are not perfect, but we definitely um, we love marriage and we love to see them succeed. Yeah. And um, we want to dive deeper together, even though it's my passion. That doesn't mean it can't be His. He's taken on that. He says that several times in yeah. His sermons. Um, but yeah, we we want to do this together. We're a team. So. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And and what we want to do is, you know, I don't think marriages are talked about enough in church. Um, and, and so how many of y'all know if the enemy wants to divide a church, he's going to divide the family first. Mm-hmm. And so we need to approach that and find healing in a marriage and healing in a family in order for the church to be effective. Because it, the, the root of bitterness, we've talked about this in the past, bitterness is like a cancer and it only invades and affects healthy cells. And so when you are at home and there's bitterness festering and you bring it into the church, and now you divide a church because you want people to take your side or your spouse's side, and now there's bitterness in the church, it's just not healthy. So we definitely wanna, we wanna approach that and, and bring victory, the victory that we already have, into our families and into our homes. Um, so just a little quick of a recap. Last week we talked about you know, what is love? We're talking about, so this is love, defining healthy relationships. So we have to define what love is. So what is love? And we looked at 1 John 4, 7 and 8. I think we got the scripture up behind us. Uh, but it basically says, how many of y'all know this song? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. That's the first thing. Love is of God, from God. Uh, and everyone that loves is born of God, but he that doesn't love doesn't know God. Why? Because God is love. So if we want to look at the definition of love, if we want to understand love and relationships, we have to go back to the original true source of love. And so we tackled that last week, you know, defining who love is, not necessarily what love is, and learning how to duplicate and demonstrate that love in our life. And really the church, uh, we we hit this last week, the, the church needs to be better about confronting culture because the culture is invading the church. Um, and, and so if you look around you, what is the definition of love in the church? Y'all, I love you. I love people. But people got it wrong. People get it wrong. And so the definition of love in society, the main one, the one that you'll hear is, uh, well, one, do what you want. Do what makes you happy. Number two is love is love. Y'all heard that? And in order for us to show and exhibit and demonstrate love, it has to be about tolerance. So here today in today's society, in today's culture, tolerance is love, right? Is that right? And my stepping on toes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, I'm going to walk bold today, right? But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about godly love. If we go back to God being the source of love, the definition of love, and we look at how God demonstrates love, that kind of love, godly love, leads to transformation, not tolerance. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to get your life together and get all nice and sparkly clean before you accept that love or, or experience that love. That love invades where you are, as you are, how you are, but it, that love loves you too much to leave you that way. Exactly. And so that goes into love leads to transformation. That's what yeah. he's saying. Uh, when the love of God invades your life, he completely transforms you by the renewing of your mind to not look mm-hmm. like the world, but to look like Christ. Yeah. Um, and so in marriage, when two become one, that's a transformation because one plus one can't equal one. So when it, one plus one equals one, is this ringing a lot? Sorry. When one plus mean. one um, equals one, that's not normal. That's yeah. godly. That's what he intended. He transformed yeah. a male and a female to become one. Yeah. And that's a transformation, one and one becoming one. That's a trans- That's love leading to transformation. And I think some of us can even testify to godly love when we experience a salvation at the foot of Jesus Christ on the cross, and it completely changes our life. I mean, that's love is changing. Love is transforming. Love is, and it leads to life. It doesn't want to leave us 
where we are. So two Absolutely. becoming one is a reflection of that love happening in marriage and that transformation happening in marriage. So, yeah, when love leads to transformation, it's not tolerance. Right. It's just allowing the Holy Spirit to work and do what he needs to transform. And that's right. what we want to see in people, um, not only in just the world and relationships with people who um, need to experience that transformation, but even in our marriages. Right, yeah. absolutely. And, and that's reflected in, in the covenant with God. Uh, we see God talking about, the word talks about covenant four or five, seven times, depending on where you want to look. Uh, but there's a godly covenant where God covenants with man uh, through love. Uh, we go back to the beginning when God created man and woman, Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2, and then Adam and Eve fall in Genesis chapter 3. That, God didn't just say, all right, well, you're on your own. You're out. I mean, he did say you're out, but he didn't leave them on their own. Right. He constantly pursued them and had a plan to bring them back in relationship with him. And so that, that pursuit, that relentless pursuit, that covenant between God and man is what should be reflected in our marriage, and, and if you think about it, covenant, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to oversimplify this, but covenant is an invitation to be a part of something together. Right. Not individually, not by myself, but be a part of something together. It's an it's invitation. It's like a wedding, like you're invited to a wedding to be a part of yeah. that, the two becoming one in yeah. marriage. It's an invitation to become one. Uh, we look at how many business-minded people in here. You got a small business or you've worked with a small business before, you know, LLC, sole proprietor, partnership, all that other stuff, right? So we, we have a business called the Woodmiller. Uh, we're, we're partners 50-50 in the business, right? Uh, and I think that's, the, that's where the, the mistake happens a lot in marriages is we come in and everything's 50-50. Everything is yours, but everything is mine. And so there's this line that we draw in a marriage where it's all 50-50. But, but here's the thing about covenant with God. Uh, uh, God, uh, I'll say it like this, it's not a 50-50, it's a 100-100. It's a 100-100. We, we come together to be as one. And that's what covenant is. And, and we are to duplicate that 100-100 mentality into our marriage, into love. Uh, with each other. And we see that with, with Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39 of duplicating love. Um, God, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 22, he says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase really quick. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love people as yourself. And so we hit that really big last week about in order for us to demonstrate love or even go as far as duplicating that love, the love of God, especially in our marriage. One, we have to love God first and then love people. But loving people is just as important as loving God. Loving my spouse is just as important as loving God. And, and, and so we have to learn that, uh, I said this last week, if one of those relationships, whether it's horizontally with my spouse or horizontally with my relationships, suffers, it impacts the other one. If I'm, if I'm in a funk with my wife, right. I'm going to be in a funk with God. If you don't believe me, look at Adam. Yeah. Right? Adam and Eve, they fall. They rebel against God. Eve, Eve took part of the fruit, right, Caleb, and gave it to Adam, and Adam took part of it. And then God said, came down and said, what happened? And Eve was like, well, it was a snake. <laughs> and then Adam was like, well, God, it was the woman that you gave me. Right. See, the blame was on God. The blame wasn't on the woman. And so if, if our relationships aren't taken care of, we're going to end up, one of those relationships, you know, our God relationship is not going to uh, marry up either. Yeah, a lot of times we blame God for those things yeah. when it's not, we didn't even invite him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, covenant is an invitation to be a partner, partnership. It's a, depart it's a partnership right. to live invitationally, to live invitingly. So I'll just pose the question. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here in the notes. But I want to pose this now. Like, are you living invitingly in your marriage? Yes. And, and what I mean by that is not uh, external invitations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you living invitationally in your marriage? Are you inviting your wife, inviting your husband to be a part of your life? Or are we closed off? 50-50. Right? And so we're to demonstrate... The beauty of covenant in our marriage. And covenant is always an invitation to be a part of something 
together, always inviting. Yeah. And covenant is it's an invitation revolving around a relationship. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't have a covenant outside of a relationship. You right. know, it takes two to become that one, you know, with Christ. Right. Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, uh, I'm, we, this, this part of the series is going to take two Sundays, uh, five different points. We're going to hit three today, and then we'll hit the next two next week. Next week, y'all need to be here. <laughs> it's going to get awkward, but it's going to be worth it, right? Uh, matter of fact, if you haven't today and next week, especially next week, you might want to take advantage of our RC Kids program. Um, just a little disclaimer now. <laughs> I'm going to wear a red shirt so it kind of blends in. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to break this down into five different points, three points for today, two next week. Uh, the first and, and most important thing that we want to drive home today, everything else hinges on this one point. Literally, I could just say this and leave it right there. Uh, but the first one is simply this, put God first. Put God first. If God is the author and planner of marriage, if God is the one who put it all together, then we need to go to God to find out how to live in marriage. We need to go to the word. We need to go to the source in order to understand how he wants us to live in marriage. And we have to stop going to the, the, the negative influencers. If you're, if you're having a hard time in marriage, it's probably not good to go to somebody who's had three or four failed marriages for advice. You can learn what not to do. You can learn what not to do. But put, put God first. And you can think of it as a partnership with God. Covenant, God sending his son to die on a cross, bring us back in relationship. That's a partnership with God. But beyond that, marriage must be a partnership with God. I have to, to manage my relationship with God. And we have to manage our relationship with God. God has to be at the center. We have to put God first. Yeah, if. And if we don't, rather than a covenant, it becomes like a contract because it's like conditional. Yeah. Uh, but because when covenant is an invitation, uh, it's an invitation to partner with God. And this is where the marriage relationships will thrive when the two become one in pursuit of the one who authored marriage to begin with. Yeah. He's the author and perfecter not only of our faith, but he can be in our marriages in yeah. that covenant that we make with him. And this is that's where it has to get, you have to get... Um, you have to be careful because we can easily elevate our spouse above God. Right. And that's idolatry. Yeah. I mean, adultery is bad. Idolatry is pretty bad too, right? Um, elevating our spouse above God and worshiping our spouse more than we even approach and, and pursue God. And, um, so we have to be careful with that. And I love this, you know, the Holy Spirit is called Daryl the Paracletos, right? Which means to come alongside Right to be our helper, he's known as the helper. Jesus calls him. I'm going to send the helper to be with you. And 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 I hear this a lot. My wife is my helper. My my husband is my helper, kind of, but the Holy Spirit is my helper. He's the one who comes alongside of us in our marriage. My wife is my help meet. Help her help meet. And, and, and I always thought it was help mate. How many of y'all thought it was help mate? Yeah. I like the idea of help meet better because she helps me meet where, where, well, yeah, but she helps me meet my needs and, and meet those needs for me. So she helps me that way. But better yet, she helps me meet the helper and keep the helper alongside of me. And, and so we have to make sure that we are, are, are pursuing God uh, and accomplishing the goal of his mission mm -hmm. in our life together. Uh, and that has to be at the forefront of all things. Yeah, and it said in Matthew 19, 4 through 6, um, this is dealing with when two become one. Haven't you read, he replied, that he created them male and female in the beginning. And he also said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Yeah, and that, that's huge. God joins us together, not man. Uh, God, God is the one who brought Adrian to me. And if y'all knew our story, if we could take like 45 minutes and just tell our story, I mean, y'all would probably, you guys were looking at rings after one day? Yeah. <laughs> Craziness, right? 
they're not going to last. Here we are 10 years married, like later and, and still, I mean, stronger today. Anyways, I love her. <laughs> but, but God brings us together to fulfill a purpose and a mission in life together. Um, like, like Adrian was just saying, you know, what she's passionate about, I become passionate about. What I'm passionate about, she becomes passionate about. Um, Adrian is passionate about marriages and, and bringing marriages together and healing marriages. And because she's passionate about that, I want to come alongside of her and help her to help marriages. Amen. I want to help her in her ministry as she comes alongside of me and helps me in my ministry. We do things together. We are all in together. Um, and, but we can go back to the beginning uh, the refusal to partner with God, right? God had this covenant. God had this relationship. And this refusal to partner together with God is what led to sin and death, right? Adam and Eve, they, they refused. They rebelled against God and decided to do things their way. And it led to sin and death. And it happens the same way in our marriage. If we refuse to partner with God to pursue his mission and vision for our life, if we refuse to partner with him, then we invite death into the marriage. God has to be a part of it. He must be a part. It's like the disciples in, in, in Mark chapter 6. I've used this a lot. It's, it's so good, right? The, the disciples are in a boat, and there's a huge storm that comes up, and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And in Mark chapter 6, they're like, oh, no, it's a ghost, right? Disciples, you know? <laughs> Oh, no, it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, nah, bro, it's me. <laughs> right? And so they say, well, God, if it is you, then come into the boat. And so they invite him into the boat. There's, there's different stories. There's, other, you know, there's other, other storms where Peter goes out and walks on water with him. This one, they invite him into the boat. And it says as soon as he entered the boat with them, the storm ceased. And if we could just learn that in our marriage, the moment... The moment you invite God into your marriage and begin to pursue God and make him the priority in your marriage, it changes everything. It changes absolutely everything. And we've, we even have to do better about reading yeah. and praying together. I mean, doing it separately is one thing, but when you do come together and you pray, I've heard several stories in the, uh, the marriages that we've you know, been poured into from people. Mm-hmm. And... There's just something that changes in the atmosphere when you read and pray together. Like the Holy Spirit is then invited into your home. And when two, you know, go forth together, it it can totally change things. One can put a thousand flight, but two, ten thousand. Yes, absolutely. A three-chord strand is not as easily broken. So we make a two-chord. Yeah. God makes a third. Yeah. In our marriage. So it's vital that you read and you seek God and you pray together. Because when you're doing that, you have no room. For the enemy to come in and bring you doubt mm-hmm. or bring you fleshly motives, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and again, we're not perfect. This is an area that we need to work on in, in, in pursuing God and pursuing Christ together. You know, being more intentional about our prayer time together. More intentional about our reading of the word time together. You know, it, it's one thing to do it by myself. It's a whole nother ballgame uh, of success. To do it with my wife, do it with my spouse. And, and that's something that we need to work on, too. I just really love sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's our issue. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so here's the thing about covenant, right? In order to come, to come together in covenant with God, what do we have to do? We have to invite him in, but also at the same time, we have to respond in repentance. In order to come together in covenant with God, we have to respond in repentance. And so let me just throw this out here. The single most greatest rule in marriage to any successful marriage is simply humble repentance. To live in covenant with my spouse, I must live in humble repentance. And that's hard. Men, that's hard. Let's be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent today. Authenticity, that's who we are. I'm real. That's hard because I want to be right. I'm the only guy who wants to be right in a marriage. I was expecting a lot more. Yeah! What are you talking about? I don't want to be right. I am right. Right? So the single, 
But here's the thing about covenant, about relationships, it, it's two ways. So the single most important thing about marriage is humble repentance, but also on the same, on the other side, is humble forgiveness. Yeah. Humble repentance, repentance and humble forgiveness. And, and, and that's not to say that, I, I, that's what I just want to sh- show and point out right now. Uh, fighting is natural in marriage. To, to think that you're going to come into your marriage and never fight, that is going to be a quickly unmet expectation in your marriage. So here's the thing that we want to point out. Point number two, fight fair. Yeah. yeah. And, and going back, we'll lead into this, what I'm about yeah. to say, but going back to the humble repentance, like there's people in our life that they're toxic. And their marriage mm-hmm. is toxic. Mm-hmm. And it's because one of them can't get to the point of humble repentance. And so, you, you know, little things like you can't throw scripture in your spouse's face. You can't, um, you can't change them. You have to start with yourself. And there's going to be times where, I mean, I don't know how I, was, I said it at home, but um, it's talking about toxic relationships. Right. So there's going to be people that are watching you, and that's so important. Like the people that we've watched, and we're just broken by yeah. the humility that isn't present. And so, if one would just one of you would just be in humble repentance, then it would. It's like the crazy cycle: love and respect. He's not not going to get my respect because he doesn't show right. me love. And so you get in this crazy cycle of what he just said: like I'm right all the time. And so we have to constantly go to the Lord. In humble repentance, like, Lord, please change my heart. Because I can yeah. go, to, go to God all day about Rob. And in the end, Rob's going to change me. Because it's me that needs to change. God's going to change. Yeah, that's what I meant. Did I say me change me? No, you said Rob's going to change Oh, me. yeah. Sorry. God's going to change me. I've been trying me. to do that for 10 years. I'm <laughs> 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 uh, just kidding. But that's what I'm saying. Humble repentance. Like, let the Lord change you. Let the Lord work on you. Stop. Uh, being so high on your pride and just seek the Lord. A lot of times in our in our marriage where we yeah. would fight, I would go to God and say, you know, I would sit there and think, why are we even fighting to begin with? And it would be something totally silly. And immediately the Holy Spirit would speak to me and say, he would quicken my spirit and show me how to react to you. Yeah. And I would quickly go to you in forgiveness. You might not be ready for it, but you're still going to get it. <laughs> That's normally how it works in our house. I'm yeah. like, Oh, I gotta go I to him. To I gotta go to him right now, and he's like, "Give me some space." And I'm like, "No, now." Any other guys like that? You hold me now. Give me a moment. Like, just <laughs> let me, let me chill. Yeah. Let me chill. Give me five days. So I hope I'm making sense. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just rebuttaling, but go ahead. Yeah, it, but that's huge. You know, humility is huge. You, you look at the the covenant relationship that God demonstrates, and you know, Him sending His Son. I love that song. How many kings stepped down from their throne? Uh, I forgot how the rest of it goes. But how many kings stepped down from the throne, you know, to come and die for people? That's humility. Like, God demonstrated humility by sending his son. His son, Jesus, demonstrated humility uh, by coming down uh, and exercising forgiveness. Literally showing forgiveness by dying on a cross for us. And and so if God can do it, if if Jesus can do it, why can't we? Of course, that's hard. Like, Jesus can do it? How am I going to do it? Right? But that, that has to be one of our, has to be one of our, our, our pursuits of to understanding a successful marriage. It requires humble repentance and humble forgiveness. And it goes back to what I said my, my grandfather was telling me this week. If everything that you say and do and all that you are, if you just constantly check yourself and say, am I reflecting the love of Jesus? That's the Holy Spirit. When you, when you constantly are thinking like that, you, don't, you have no room for divisive conversations or selfishness because you're like, literally, the armband, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Let, let me throw, maybe this will help you. It never helped our marriage. <laughs> but it, it has helped other marriages, you know. Um, uh, a chaplain friend of ours, uh, uh, wow, no, not Scott, Neil Durham, Neil and Valerie, uh, they were doing a marriage series one time where he's pre- no, we were at their house. And he told us, you know, sometimes in the middle of an argument, he's a chaplain in the army. In the middle of an argument, I'll just stop and say, hey, let's just, let's just focus on Jesus. You feel that it doesn't, it doesn't we, I tried that, and it, it didn't work. 
but maybe it will in your marriage. Hey, let's just let's, let's take a step back and, you know, let's focus on Jesus. Let's bring Jesus into this. If anything, it's going to make you chuckle and giggle and you <laughs> will move on. <laughs> You're going to remember back to this day. Remember that time pastor was like, let's just focus on Jesus. It might lead to a bigger argument. Leave him out of this. Okay, but part two, you know, point two, fight fair. Uh, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have arguments. But fight fair. Um, you know, be careful of the words that you use in an argument. And, and don't be, um, don't be uh, intentional about words of assassination in your marriage. Yeah, that goes back to when we first got married. All you single people, all zero of you. Um, Anybody online? Oh, Dana, I love you. Yes. There was a couple that raised their hand. Anything you say in the beginning because you're so immature and you don't know what you're doing, it literally passes down forever. Like Sam, remember that time? Forever. You said. And and it it weighs on their hearts and their minds, and they always have that thought that you think that of them. Yeah. And that's something that we've. That's why I don't sing. I don't sing. Stop. <laughs> I don't sing. Because Adrian said I wasn't a great singer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Dig and hold. Come on, let's move on. So 10 years later, I still won't sing. Whatever. Which brings me to, to this point right here. Forget what happened before. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was our thing last year. Pursue, Philippians chapter 3. Forgetting what lies behind. He, I love how he starts it. My brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself laying a hold of it yet. Or let me, let me put it in today's words. I haven't arrived yet. I haven't, it hasn't, I haven't, I'm not all there. I'm not all that yet. But what I do in order to pursue that is I, l- I let go of what lies behind. I forget it. I neglect it is even what that translation means. I neglect what lies behind. How many of y'all are nurturing things, past hurts in your marriage, past hurts in previous marriages, or past hurts prior to this marriage, and it's just festering in you because you want to nurture it instead of neglect it? Neglect what lies behind and pursue, press on toward what lies ahead, toward the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Press on toward the goal together. Help each other get there. But you're going to have arguments. You're going to have disagreements. Why? Because you're two very different people. Yeah. And God knew that when he created both of you. Yeah. I mean, even if you were the same people. How many arguments would you be? How many arguments you get into yourself with? We're the hardest on ourselves. Right? You're the hardest on yourself. Some of y'all are laughing because you fight with yourself all the time. Right? So thank God that he made us differently. Thank God that he made Adrian the way that she is. And maybe sometimes you just need to wake up in the morning and say, thank God that my wife is so different than me. Thank God that my husband is so different than me. Because here's the thing, God created, created us differently on purpose uh, to achieve the purpose that he has for us. Um, differences are not weaknesses, differences are strengths. You, you, you found your spouse because you were attracted to who they were because they were different than you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right? I fell in love with Adrian because she was, di- she was, hallelujah, she was different than me. She was a blessing me. How many of y'all still remember when you first laid eyes on your spouse? My wife was wearing this nice, beautiful white dress with some uh, yellow flannel type heels, right? She was gorgeous, short, black, curly hair. It was dark brown, right? Elvira. At Wendy's. <laughs> remember that, David? <laughs> I had black hair. <laughs> At Wendy's. But we're two different, very different people created for each other. And I say that because sometimes it's good to just go back to remember why you fell in love, how you fell in love. So neglect the former things that bring pain, but reflect on the things that brought joy and peace into your life. Uh, But we're two different, very different people. But here's the thing. Stop fighting with each other and start fighting for each other. Stop fighting with each other and start fighting for each other. And I think that goes to one of our, our problems that we, we sometimes have is, like, you need me to have your back. And more than anything, I think a lot of times that's where our fights come from because you are a different person in the sense of you're a dreamer. You see 
good things ahead, you're optimistic, whereas I'm the realist and, and the pessimist. And I see like the whole picture, plan B, plan A, I catastrophize everything, if that's the word. Uh, add that to the list, Sarah. But catastrophize. I a lot of times it seems like I'm not for him and his ideas because I think of the whole picture. And so he perceives that as you're not for me. You're not fighting for me. You're not you're like fighting against me. And so in our marriage, personally, we need to work on that. And I, I know that probably hits home for a lot of us because we are so different. And so more than anything, wives, just that goes back to respect, too. A lot of times he feels disrespected because I'm not for him and I almost seem totally against him. So, yeah. Oh, and then the next point uh, is my turn. <laughs> um, when you're at work, and it's like going back to what he said, don't talk to people who have gone through like three different divorces, but also don't talk to people at work bad about your spouse. That's something we learn early on. I mean, we all get into the habit. We have that one friend. My best friend's here, by the way, guys, today. And so she is the person that hears my venting a lot of times um, and vice versa. But, but you, you got to stop talking bad about your spouse. And if you have anything bad to say, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, help take me to say Yeah, take it to the Lord. Exactly. And like Pastor's also been saying in this series, start praying for those people that you absolutely don't like, your enemies. Start praying for them because God will totally change your opinion about them and he will begin to show you how he views them, how he sees them, his opinion of them. And that's yeah. the same in marriages. Yeah. So stop talking about yourself for your spouse and start praying for them. Exactly. Yeah. That's Thanks. huge. Pray for your spouse. Yeah. Absolutely. Pray for your spouse. Yeah. Um, another thing about fighting, right? Because we're going to fight. Fight fair. Um, but fighting should never be about the victory. We get in a lot of arguments. We just want to win. We want our point to be heard. And we want it stopped right there at my point because I'm right. Uh, but fighting is never about the victory. We don't, we, we don't fight to try and define victory over our spouse. We need to fight to find resolution with our spouse. Stop fighting against your spouse. Start fighting with your spouse. Uh, because covenant says that I'm fighting for you. Right. We just sang that song, Champion. Right? God fights for us. That's the covenant, that, that relationship that we have with God. He fights for us, mm -hmm. and then we have the victory. Exactly. And so we fight for each other, not against each other, so that we can have victory in our marriage. And that God has the victory in our marriage. And, 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 it's, and another reason why it's so important to pray for your spouse and pray with your spouse, I, I read this earlier this week, um, it's hard to fight with somebody that you're always praying for. It's hard to fight with somebody that you're always praying for. It's hard to hate people that you pray for. That's why it's so important to pray for your enemies. Mm -hmm. <coughs> um, covenant. So God says you're worth it. We always say that. God says you're worth it. Covenant says that you're worth it. Unconditional love, regardless of how they act. Yeah, so, and, and just yeah, going back, it's hard to fight for a resolution because in that moment in, that you're in a heated argument, Right? It, it's hard to say. Most of the time when we're in an argument, we're like, well, they just don't deserve my love. They don't deserve to be in a relationship with me. They don't deserve uh, to have dessert. You know what I mean? That's any relationship, not just marriage. <laughs> next <week. laughs> That's next week. <laughs> next week. <laughs> but it's hard to fight for a resolution because in that moment, you're thinking they don't deserve it. They don't deserve for me to treat them with respect. They don't deserve the way that they're acting right now. They don't, even, they, don't have, they don't even earn my love. But covenant says, regardless, they're worth it. It's an unconditional response. And like I said just now, covenant with God from the beginning of time, the covenant he has with us, allows us to see any relationship that people are worth it and that they were worth dying for. Yeah. And it, don't let it take away your salvation and your hope and your heart because you don't like them. Go to God. He says they're worth it. Yeah. Give, give them a chance. And here's the thing. You can't do anything about your spouse. Mm -hmm. You can't. You can't change them. You, you can't. But what you can do is you can go to the Father about them. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do anything about them but pray for them because they're not, you don't own them. They're not your property, right? But you can go to the father about them, and, and the father can change his son. The father can change his daughter and transform. And that's what we need to understand. That's God's son. That's God's daughter. She's God's daughter in marriage, in my marriage. 
That's God's daughter. I can't just try to change her and tell her about the, and tell her how to live. I can go to God, and God can reveal things to her, and, and bring change because love transforms. Absolutely. Yep. And a lot of fights happen because we want to see change in our relationship. We want to see change in our spouse. We want to see them do things differently, right? One thing about leadership is uh, for delegating, right? Nobody's going to do anything the way that you do it. Guys, you want a secret of getting out of house chores? Do it wrong. <laughs> that means I should give you the dishes then because you organize the That's dishwasher true. beautifully. I do the dishes. I do them. I, I organize them a lot better. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I really do. And so when I'm watching Adrian do it, I'm like, internal screaming, right? Brittany, you were doing the dishes. Brittany was there. They're staying at our house last night, and she was helping Adrian with the dishes. And Brittany, and Adrian told Brittany how OCD I get about pushing, putting the dishes in the dishwasher. And so I was just watching. And Brittany was like, I feel so stressed right now. <laughs> but. The, the fact is, the dishes still got cleaned. It was done differently, but it was still done. And, and that's the thing about leadership, if you've ever been in any type, any type of leadership position too, when you delegate, think people are gonna do things differently, but at least they get it done. They might not do it as, as efficiently, but it's done. And, and so and, and that's what we need to understand about marriage too. There's, we do things differently, but it still gets done. We still pursue the mission of God together. She might pursue it differently than I do, but we still do it together. But, but fights happen so much because we want to see uh, our spouses change. And, and, and honestly, you guys can attest to this. Your spouse has changed all the time. Like every single day, your spouse is different. Think about it. Um, I love you. <laughs> Think about it. Like when, when, when we got married, Wife Adrian, like I never saw girlfriend Adrian again. <laughs> Think about it. Like when you're dating, you are dating the representative of that person. <laughs> and we're laughing because it's true. Because the day that you get married, when you wake up the next morning, like spouse has replaced girlfriend or boyfriend. And so when we got married, uh, I love, there's a pastor who put it this way. He's like, somewhere in the night, <laughs> wife Adrian took girlfriend Adrian out back Go ahead. and shot her. <laughs> and I haven't seen girlfriend Adrian since. And then, and then mom Adrian shows up and somewhere in the night, took wife Adrian out back and shot her next to girlfriend. And to this day, I haven't seen girlfriend or, or wife Adrian, right? But here's the thing, like relationships are always evolving, are always, are always changing. But I love today Adrian more than I do 2010 Adrian. I do. I have fallen more in love with this woman over the, and I'm not just saying that just to say that to be cliche. I'm, I'm seriously head of, more head over heels, if that's even a thing, if you could be more head over heels for Adrian today than I was 10 years, and I was like, I had the hots for you back then. So imagine like today. That's next week. So we date, we date this representative, and so if you're single and you're wanting to be married one day, kids, you know, youth, um, you know, single adults or whatever, just know that the person that you're dating is not going to be the same person that you spend forever with. They're not. They, they are showing you the best representative of who they want to be. Right? But when you get married, it's completely different. Go ahead. I feel like later on should be now. Um, yeah, so we got to try. So dealing with helping your spouse. Yeah. Right. We got to stop trying to lead our husband because ultimately God has put him the head over the household for a reason. He has to answer to God. And so um, like we were speaking on submission. It's not like he tells me and reigns over me. 
It's me submitting, okay, God, I trust you. I pray for my husband. I pray that you've given him wisdom to lead our house well. So I will stop trying to lead this situation. I'll try to stop trying to lead him and start helping him. And when I start helping him, he gets the respect. That number one thing that men need is respect. Mm-hmm. And the next week's topic, sex. So I said it. There Sorry. Are, there are children. Um, they don't know Dessert. that is. Yes. Anywho. <laughs> we got to stop trying to lead our spouse, our, our husbands, and start helping them. And vice versa, men, start helping your wives. Amen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is going to be like a hundred, an hour thing. Um, right. uh, another, and another, we're, we're, still, we're still continuing, you know, the spy fighting fair um, point really quick. Um, but when you're fighting for the victory, right, instead of fighting, fighting for resolution, when you're fighting for victory, that means somebody has to give. Which means, th- think about it, if you, if you are the victor, there has to be a loser. But if she is a daughter of the king, then she is also a more than conqueror. And so when you're fighting for victory, you are literally putting your spouse, your wife or your husband, under your foot. But there's only one person who's supposed to be under your feet. And that's the enemy. And we are supposed to fight together to put the enemy under our feet. You know? So it's not about fighting for victory. It's not about fighting to win. It's not about fighting to, to make them submit uh, and placing my spouse under my feet. My spouse is supposed to be at my side helping me. Right. And we've heard that over and you probably heard this over and over again. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, he pulled Eve out of Adam's side. He didn't pull Eve out of his heel that he should lord over her. And he didn't put Eve, pull Eve from his head that she should rule over him. He pulled her from his side, from his rib, that they would walk together and help each other and support each other. So we are fighting the enemy together. And going back to that 50-50, 100-100, we got to change your vocabulary. We got to change your vocabulary. Stop saying the me, my, I. Me, my, me, my, you, I, my. Yeah, it's notice, you know I mean. notice any argument that starts with, I think that you, such and such, will totally get your husband ticked off because you're pointing fingers. Well, you never do this. You right. never do that. And so, personally, this week we had a, a situation where I, I don't think, I think because he had mentioned it to me, vocalized that, Stop making me feel like I always do this. Yes, I do this. You do you not see it? And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't do this. And so this week when we had an argument, I started with, I think we need to do better with, and he totally responded in the best way. Like, like what I needed him to see, he acknowledged because I brought it to him in a team effort, in a we. So we have to start changing our vocabulary and stop pointing fingers with our spouse because that in and of itself will totally yeah. start the conversation off and lead down a spiral, yeah. downward spiral. So there's, there's no more me, my, I, you, your, it's us, we, our. And even in bank accounts. Our. When we first got married, I was a stylist. See, I don't remember this, but she told me about yeah, this, this, told morning this morning. Yeah, I told this morning. I don't remember that. When you get married, if you have any separate bank accounts, your spouse should have all access. And if anything, you should have at least one together, if not just, just one. Because that was something that I remember he used to get upset about. He's like, stop blowing your paycheck. Like, we're married now. Like, your money is my money. We work together on this. Stop taking all of it. Like, tell me what you make so that we can, you know, make a budget. And, and so when you get married, like, everything becomes one. Yeah. Not just your heart, not your soul, but literally all the physical pieces become one. Yeah, everything. We are one. Yeah. Everything about us is one. Yeah. There's not a mine or yours. It's, it's ours. Um, and a covenant always leads toward peace. Um, think about it. When we, re- when we reunite with the Father, uh, come into relationship with him, we have peace with God. And I love the translation of that word peace. It means to be at one or to be whole. In other words, God fills in the missing pieces. We are now whole when we are at peace with God. And so when we reunite with the Father, we have peace with the Father. 
meaning at one, meaning at whole. And so let me just throw this out there. Do you want to know why you have no peace in your home? It's because you're busy trying to celebrate your own personal individuality rather than your interdependence. You are one. You are a whole together. And so the world wants to say, celebrate your individuality. That's who you are, right? But this is who we are. And who we are far outweighs who I am by myself. And so there's, there's oftentimes no peace in the home because we want to celebrate uh, our differences as individuality rather than interdependence, independence versus interdependence. Like we need each other. So it's the puzzle pieces. So one, the reason why you don't have peace in your home is one, is God is not the priority. And then two, we're too busy trying to celebrate our differences uh, as in individual independence. But our differences are, they're not our weaknesses. Right, like they're our God, strengths. It's yeah. like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 with the gifts of the Spirit. We are all we're gifted together. with different gifts of yep. the Spirit, but we all work together as one body. body. Yep. The ear doesn't say to the eye that you're nothing, and the hand doesn't say to the foot that you're nothing. We all work together. Without the foot, the body can't walk. Without the hand, the body can't do. Right? So you can walk all you can, but if you can't do anything, it's pointless. And so the body works together. We work together. We're differently made to give each other strength. Yep. And you chose me, and I chose you. You mm -hmm. chose your spouse. Your spouse chose you. Yeah. So just like God chose you and set you apart, like you've got to constantly, constantly be in pursuit of your spouse, just like God is in pursuit of you. Yeah. And, and that's what I want to hit to, because a lot of... A lot of marriages suffer because there's, there's the competition aspect. Like you, you feel like you're still competing with other women or you're still like you feel like you're competing with other men, right? Stop. Your husband chose you. Your wife chose you. Just like God chose you, Daryl, and set you apart. Of all the fish in the ocean, your husband chose you. You know, and celebrate that. Celebrate that you chose each other to do life with. And that's the thing, to do life with. When you get married and you say your vows at the altar, it's not like you're thinking one day, from this day forward until I'm tired of you. <laughs> when you say your vows, when you say your forevers, it's forever. You, nobody gets married at the altar thinking, well, one day this is going to fail. We have an expectation for forever with our spouse. And that's why we commit to marriage, commit to marrying them uh, to be with them forever. So here's the last point. We'll close with this. Never give up. Right. Or in other words, my favorite saying this year, this ain't it. Right. This ain't it. You might be in the most, uh, uh, the, the worst part of your marriage ever in the history of your marriage. Never give up. It's from this day forward, every morning. If God's mercies are new every morning, then my mercies need to be new every morning for my spouse. From this day forward, I'm going to make this the best day, the best marriage, the best day ever. Every morning, wake up and make that commitment. Even if you're having a great day, tomorrow's even going to be even better. And that has to be our thought process. That has to be our mentality that this is for. Ever. Covenant is forever. God is faithful to carry out that covenant and relationship. Again, faithfulness is not a God issue. Faithfulness is a man issue. Commitment is a, is a human issue, humanity issue. And so, so how do we keep this forever? Don't forget the why. Going back to what I said earlier, don't forget the why. Why did you fall in love? Sometimes you just need to sit down and pull out your marriage album. Maybe not. So different. We should put our, our marriage picture up there. Go to Facebook and pull it off really quick. I think I deleted all our pictures. You deleted all of our wow. I was cleansing. This my is Facebook. forever. <laughs> you deleted our pictures? They're an album at home. Okay. <laughs> but don't forget the why. The why is the glue that holds relationships together. And, and it's the why that even drew us together. Why did you get married? Because I love my spouse. Somebody asked us, we were, we were doing a, like a marriage Zoom conference the other night. And so they asked, why do you love your spouse? And I think sometimes you just need to sit down, look yourself in the mirror and say, why do you love your spouse? Wake up in the morning, pray over your spouse and say, why do I love my spouse? You want to you know why I love Adrian? Because she's fun. Y'all met Adrian? Like she's fun. She's hilarious. She brings a smile to anybody. It could be like... 
a very sad moment. And she, but she'll turn it, she'll still respect the sad, sadness, but she'll turn it around. And she's the life of everybody. She walks into the room, everybody's like, hey. I have to turn it on. Like, I have to be like, hey, guys. And then when I get home, I'm like, oh. Anybody else like that? <laughs> but don't remember, no. Don't remember, or don't forget the why. It's the why that drew us together and it keeps us together. I love what Revelation 2, 5 says. It says, remember then how far you have fallen. Maybe your marriage is suffering today. Maybe your marriage is in crisis today. Remember how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Which brings me to this. Yeah. Never stop dating your spouse. Yeah. It, dating is so important. Dating is what got you together. Dating is going to keep you together. Pursuing each other. Pursuing God first and pursuing each other. Go ahead. And then you can ask your que- yourself this question. Do you even remember uh, yeah. what, it, what it felt like, what it was like? Do you remember your vows? Do you all remember your wedding day? Raise your hand if you remember your wedding day. How many of you all remember verbatim the words that you spoke? How many of you all remember the ceremony? You remember the celebration, the reception. You remember the bill. (laughs) (laughs) Angel's like, I don't remember that. I didn't pay for it. Um, Thanks, thanks, Mimi and Papa. Yeah. I think we overhype the celebration. Don't you agree that the world overhypes us girls overhype the (laughs) the celebration? I know I did. Like, our story is if you watch our wedding video, it straight looks like it's all all about about me. me. And. Not about the covenant, you know, and I think we all lose the significance of why we even make those vows and that's mm-hmm. for that covenant and it's not a contract. Yeah. It's not temporary. Like we say I do between uh, before God and man. Mm-hmm. We make that covenant. And so it's not about the celebration. It's not about the pretty dress and the reception and the friends uh, watching you. But we, we've lost the significance of why we're even doing it. Yeah, I love what a pastor said one time. He said, God cares more about the covenant that you made that day than the celebration, than the, than the ceremony. Like, that's all for show. Yeah. But what's forever is the covenant that you made with your spouse that day. Yeah, and we'll spend a ton of money on reception, but we'll totally refuse to give our whole heart and our life to our spouse. Yeah. And that's kind of our testimony. Um, like I said, our whole wedding, like, it looked like it was all about me because... I didn't have my whole heart and soul ready for that day. Yeah, he said that we looked at rings on day two, and I knew that he was the one for me, but we, <clears throat> we jumped into it really quickly. And so I didn't give my whole self to him until about year four or five. Um, and we finally, we grew to a place of, you know, relationship and our intimacy, a place where I never allowed him in. And so I encourage you to let your spouse into your life all of you because the moment that we did it completely wrecked our world and our marriage mm-hmm. for the betterment of it yeah it's just like uh when somebody gets saved right we're like awesome you gave your heart to jesus yeah. there's a party going on in yeah. heaven right now you, you all know that like the angels are celebrating because there's a new soul saved today and then they just don't come back next week or there's no discipleship follow-up and so the conversation was great but the covenant never existed. And, and, and it's the same you know, with our marriage. The conversation is great. Celebration was great. But the covenant was never impacted in our life. It was never, uh, yeah, it never transformed us. Uh, and, and just like I say this a lot, you know, um, you can never be satisfied with your current relationship with God. It should also be the same in your marriage. You should never be satisfied with your current relationship in your marriage. You should always be pursuing to go deeper in marriage, deeper in love, deeper together. You should always be growing together. It, it's like when you, when you put the ring on, uh, when you put the ring on on December 11th, 2010, I remember. 12, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's the seed that's planted into the ground. And then the marriage is the, the life, the plant the, the, that grows from that seed. And what's our thing this year? Multiply, right? right? To be fruitful. Uh, and even God said, be fruitful and multiply. I know he's talking about children there, but we can be fruitful and multiply in our marriage and in the gifts that God has given us in our marriage with each other, right? So never be satisfied with your current relationship in your marriage. You might have the greatest marriage in the world. It can be better. It can always be better. You might have the worst marriage 
in the world. Never be satisfied with your current, his mercies are new every morning. From this day forward, this will be the best marriage of my life. Ever, not just of my life, ever. Uh, so I want you to say this with me. We're about, I promise we're about to close. Say this with me right now. There is no plan B. Say it louder, like declare it. There's no plan B. There is no plan B. I know this ain't it. I don't want you to declare that over your marriage today. There's no plan B. I know this ain't it. I know this ain't it. And from this day forward, I'm going to pursue uh, a better marriage. I love what, I'm, I'm skipping this because so we can go ahead and, and close. I love what Amos 3.3 3 says. It says, can two people even walk together unless they agree? And a covenant is an agreement between two people. But a marriage is a covenant and an agreement between three people. Man, woman, and God. So God must be in your marriage yeah. from this day forward. It doesn't matter how bad or mediocre your marriage is. When you say from this day forward, God can lead you toward that better marriage from this day forward. Yeah. You can start today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is what I want to do. Um, if you're married, huh? yeah, I, I got it right here. See? <laughs> uh, play something romantic. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, <laughs> the Our keyboard is so funny if you, if you start playing without changing the dial It'll give you like some techno music So that'll really set the mood for next week <laughs> Right uh, But this is what I want to do uh, if, you're, if you're here and you're married I want you to stand up If you're here and you're married With your spouse Your spouse is here with you you're here and you're married and your spouse is with you I want you to stand and I want you to take your spouse by the hand we we just talked about how the ceremony everybody remembers the ceremony but we don't necessarily remember the covenant so what we're going to do is today we're going to speak this over your marriages and we're going to speak our vows again we're going to remember the covenant that we made today. And, and this is what I want you to do. If you're watching online, uh, you can join us right now to grab your spouse's hand, stand right there in the living room. I don't care, bedroom, wherever you are. If you're in the car, grab your spouse's hand. We're going to do this together. Um, and, and even if you're here and your spouse isn't here, but you're about to go home and your spouse is there, uh, pull up the live feed, pull up the YouTube, and uh, do it with your spouse there at the house. And, and remember this covenant today from this day forward so this is what I want to do men where my, where my guys at take your spouse by the hand and look at him in those dreamy eyes <laughs> so this, this is why I want you to look at each other you're going to say I do do you now vow before God in the sight of these witnesses to be the spiritual authority for your home will you lead and love your wife and unite with her to help train up children in the way that they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart. Will you love her, protect her, defend her, and love her with all of your heart, soul, and strength, and keep faithful to your vows all the days of your life? Please say, I do. I do. Not supposed to kiss you. <laughs> Lady. Ladies, look at those dreamy eyes of your husband. Do you now, before God, in the sight of these witnesses, vow to be a helpmeet for your husband, to support the vision that God has given him for your home, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and keep faithful to your vows all the days of your life? Please say, I do. Now look at each other, and both of you at the same time say this after me. Look at, don't look at your wife, don't look at me. This is a covenant between you two, not, not me and you. <laughs> so repeat after me. I vow to love you from this day forward in good times and in bad times, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health. I vow to love you and only you as long as we both shall live in accordance to God's word 
I enter into covenant with you today. Now kiss your bride. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this is what I want to point out. One thing that we talk about in our vows and in that covenant is for better or worse. And I just want to encourage you, maybe you're newlywed or maybe you've been married for 59 and a half years or there's going to be times of worse. It, it's going to happen. It's not all rainbows and you. If you have a, a marriage that's all rainbows and unicorns, please come and tell me your secret. I want to know. I want to know how. There's a reason why our covenant says for better or worse. Because there's going to be times of worse. But it's how we respond in the times of worse that keep us driving toward life. Amen. And I've asked Adrian to, to lead the second part. Again, this, this series isn't about just married people, single people. This is what I'm going to do. Married people, y'all, y'all can sit down now. If you're single, I want you, if you're comfortable, stand up. And, and Adrian's going to pray a prayer of blessing over you. If you're single, go ahead and stand. And I, and I asked Adrian to do this because uh, this kind of irks me sometimes. My kids are, how old are my kids? My kids are eight and six years old, my two girls. And Adrian's always like, Father, bring them the spouse of their dream. I'm like, hey, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. It's not that. It's more godly. It's a little more godly. But I'm like, yo, there's eight. No, I prayed that when they were babies. She's prayed that since they were newborns. I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on. I ain't ready for that yet. I mean, it's great, but I ain't ready for that yet. Right? What? Pray and mama. Yes. So this is what I asked her because she's always praying this over our children. I asked her, I want her to pray a prayer of blessing. So if you're single today, you can just raise your hand. You can stay where you are. If you're watching online, I want her to pour pour this blessing over you today. And then we'll, we'll close right after that. this with me. We're going to just repeat after me. Dear Lord, I thank you for being the Savior and the Father of my life. I thank you for the blessing of marriage and of companionship. I thank you for the relationship that we get to have with you, our Father. And God, right now, take my life mold me and make me into the person that you have called me to be for not only your kingdom but for my future spouse for the one you created just for me Lord as you make me into that person mold and make them into the godly spouse that they should be for me lead me your way. Guide me by your truth. Fill me with your power and your spirit to wait on you and to be patient in the waiting. And in that waiting, Lord, allow me to draw close to you and allow you to be the source of that love, of the godly love that you have intended just for me. I ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. How many of y'all, this was a blessing for you today? Uh, We want to make sure that this is pouring into you and pouring life into your marriage. Uh, If this was a blessing to you, share it to be a blessing to others, especially if you're online today. Um, when you go home, share it to be a blessing to others. Tell people about this series. We're getting into the nitty-gritty next week. So uh, I really want to encourage parents to take advantage of our RC Kids program next week. It's, but it's going to be great. It's going to be life-giving. Um, lastly, uh, before we go, I, w- I want to pose a challenge to you all, uh, regardless of however long you've been married. Uh, we talked about today, the biggest thing that you can do is go back and remember the why. 
especially if you're having a hard time in your marriage right now. Uh, go back and remember the why. So this is what I want you to do. Uh, go on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Uh, we got an Instagram page too. And, and <laughs> it's going to be fun. Post your wedding picture or a picture of you dating before that and post a memory with it. We want to celebrate love with you guys. So I want to encourage you to do that. Tag the church, uh, reclamationchurch.faith, at reclamationchurch.faith on Facebook and Instagram. It's both the same. So share it, share a picture, share a memory, tag the church, and let us celebrate marriage and love together with you guys. How many of y'all are excited about the series? Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this week's message from Reclamation Church. We pray it was a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to take this message everywhere everywhere with you and pour into those around you. And if you would love to be a blessing to the Reclamation Church ministry, you can easily give at our website at reclamationchurch.faith. Scroll down to the bottom and click on online giving. Or you can even text to give any dollar amount to 84321 and set up a giving account with Reclamation Church. Again, we pray that this was a blessing. Be a blessing to those around you this week. And may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you with the light of his countenance and, be, uh, and give you peace this week. Amen. Be blessed.